What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directed. Oh, so the end now. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in to another episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah. I am Scott Smith. <laughs> With a fresh haircut you have. You, I love haircut day. You do look stellar. Thank you yes. very much. They haircut do a day's nice job. Yeah. The first week or two is so good. Yeah. I'm, you as you can tell, I'm afraid of haircuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a different style. Yeah. Um, and you are? Jeff Ryan. And together we are the Salty Dogs. We are. And we generally talk about books, football. Yeah, but I mean, it just, I just, first thing that popped in my mind when I saw you was. was my fresh haircut? Yes. But it doesn't, it doesn't look like you, you have a fresh haircut. But it doesn't like, oh. oh, my God, what, did you just get a haircut? You yeah, know it was like just a couple hours ago. Yeah. that's. I guess it's a compliment to the woman so, who cuts my hair. So, in other words, you got a haircut on company time. That's correct. You know why you did that? Because it made sense. No, because it grows on company time. <laughs> it's it's very close to here. Yes. I'll, and uh, I've been going to Scott, the same woman. Scott, you do not owe me an explanation. I've been it's going to okay. the same two sisters for 30 years now. Good for you. Nice. I, so they know, I don't even have to tell them what to do. Uh-huh. She's just like the usual. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I used nice. to have that. I don't have I didn't think we were going to start this podcast by talking about I hair. know. I'm sorry. I'm just in one of those You moments. know where I did want to start this? What? And we're going to get to football. All right. But uh, I want to. Dive into this debate that we started to have, and I don't know if you were part of it or not. It was in right before Todd Bowles' press conference yesterday, okay. and we were, we were having this discussion, and then Todd came in, so we had to stop. Up in our break room, in the main break room of the business part of the building, yep. there is a shelf with some items on it. Oh, yeah. And they are labeled. And, and the three items are napkins, plates, and bowls. Yeah, and the funniest part is how the label bowls. I is. just noticed. Two day, two, a couple days ago, the really? Bulls are spelled with an E. Oh, no. Like Todd Bulls. And I dragged Mike Pahanka over there to see because he hadn't seen it yet either. Uh-huh. And I said, do you think this was done on purpose as a joke? Or that was just in that person's head and they spelled it wrong accidentally? It was done on purpose. Are you saying that as a known fact? A known fact. I know. I actually know who made the label because I was there. Who? They, uh, Bree in um, purchasing. Oh, Okay. And she Bree told Matthews. you she did that on purpose? Yeah, because I looked and I started laughing, and she goes, oh, you caught it. Or she was covering for herself. Well, either way, it worked. Okay, all right. I thought that was going to be a more lively debate. But I'm you sorry. Talked to me. No, that's good. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I like if you having wanna, knowledge. If you want to know how to run the coffee machine up there, too. I don't too, drink coffee. I can tell you how to do that, too. Don't bother. I it's don't drink very coffee. fancy. Okay, so we're, right. we're here after the Bucks' second straight loss. Uh, to the Chiefs. Perhaps that's why I'm talking about your haircut and, rather and than that coffee game. And, and yeah. misspelled bowls. 
Yeah, it uh, wasn't great. No. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not one of the, I'm not a person this week saying, "Hey, if you'd have told me before the season that we were going to come out of this first four games, which was the hardest uh, section of the schedule, yeah. and was the NFL's hardest by terms of strength of schedule, right? In the first four weeks, if you'd have told me ahead of time we were going to come out of it two and two, I'd be pretty happy. I don't know, man. I think three and one would have made me happy, and it's the Green Bay game that bothers me. Because I think if we just had a couple of our guys, if think, think, do you think we would have won that Green Bay game if Mike and Chris were if there Mike, for that one? I, I personally think we would have had a better shot at it if Mike was in, Mike or Chris was in, and yes. Donovan Smith. Turns well, out, no, I, I want to. Uh, yes, yes, you're correct. But I will, I will say, our offense is entirely different with Mike Evans in there. Yeah, and Chris Godwin. Yeah, and Chris Godwin opens up so much over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Lots of chain moving throws, but. You know, you can't go back and go, well, if we had this guy, oh, we I know. would have. Oh, I know, because so, know, the Packers were missing people, too. But I give credit, you know, when you talk about the Packers and, you know, they won their last game, but Aaron Rodgers came out and said, we can't sustain this. Yeah. We can't keep playing like this right. and winning. Right. You know, we found a way to win. We won. But in, Yeah, and in, that was in, a, it was against a not very good team, too. Right. And so for – for um, I think you're right. If, if you would have said in the beginning of the season – Looking at the schedule, if you could come out two and two, you'd go. Okay. No, no, I don't feel that way. You don't? I think we should have been three and one. Well, as it, I mean, very nice opening performance against Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was worried about that game going in, but uh, I think that was clear we were the better team. Yeah. And then I think it was clear we were the better team in New Orleans, even though we've had trouble winning there. Sure. Um, and so knowing that, I would have thought there were much higher possibility of us winning those games, and then. Um, you you win one of Green Bay versus Kansas City, and I feel okay. But yeah. two and two doesn't feel that great. Well, it doesn't feel great to me either because it's two home losses. Yeah. And, and, and that is uh, – that hurts. Yeah, especially you know? when one of our remaining home games isn't even a home game. Right, and, and hadn't won at home – well, we haven't won at home since last year. I mean, you know, the last playoff game we lost yeah. at home. So we're on a three-game losing streak at home. Right. So – It's just that – if you if you reverse the order of those two games, the Chiefs and the Packers, You'd, I, yes. I think we got a much. I'm not going to say we would win, and maybe the Packers mm-hmm. would get some people back too. Right. But I I would feel better about our chances. We ran into a Chiefs team that we just did not have answers for that night. No, and I I thought that we were going to score that that the offense was going to come alive in this game, and they I, did, and they did, and in I'm, the passing game, yes. At, Put points on the board. I don't care how you do it. You're putting points on the board. So I really felt good about that. I was disappointed, and I'm sure so is everybody else, in the play of the defense that it just like it just didn't seem right. Now, you have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did some pretty spectacular things. And, um, you know, you kind of put yourself in the hole – right out of the bat, fumbling on the opening kickoff, quick score. But then it's 7-3, to three and I'm thinking, okay, things are back are going to be back to normal. Um, I still also thought that the team could come back. I wasn't totally like, oh, this is over, this is done. But uh, defensively, there were zero answers to it. There were, they never found answers the whole way. And when you're watching that game as it's happening, that's, the, that's when it feels the worst, obviously. Oh, and you're like, oh, how come we can't stop anything? What, the, what happened? But as you take, as you get a little bit farther away from the game, um, you or at least I do, 
I start to, it starts to sort of even out for me, and I start to think because <clears throat> when you're ha- watching that happen, you're going, "We can't stop anything. Our defense is terrible. The rest of the season is going to suck." No, I don't believe uh, that. But then you look at the entirety of the first four month four weeks, and the defense was had three very very good games, and so was this last game the uncharacteristic mm-hmm. one. Is it the start of, of a bad run, or is it was it the one uncharacteristic games? And we have seen through the years, many times, both good and bad, where a performance happens that you think that you think gives you your evaluation of the offense or the defense, and then the very next week it's totally different. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, I don't feel good to this week or today, and I'm worried a little bit about the the off defense showing some issues. But I also think we're going to find down the road that this was very much an uncharacteristic game for them. Yeah, and defensively what bothered me not so well was not being able to stop the run because that traditionally was what they did very very well. Yes. And that was not the case what 184 yards yeah. or whatever it was. 89 or something. Oh yeah, almost 200. Just say almost 200 and you're good to go. But that being said, um you know, it's week to week. I mean, and I think you're right. I don't – I'm not feeling like, oh, geez, here we go. This is – I think week to week you just – you just got to play every week. And this was not their game. It was disappointing because it was a Sunday night game and yeah. it was all hype and good crowd and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you got to – you know, Kansas City Chiefs were coming off a game they lost – yeah. Did look very Didn't good. Look, and then the very next week, they're and great. And then the – so – That's my point. Yeah. Things – things Switch very switch quickly. very quickly in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence of the Jaguars had been looking really good the oh. previous couple games. This last game, he turned the ball over himself five times. Yeah. An interception and four lost fumbles. Yeah, that's not good. I think he's going to go right back to, to looking good. Sure. Again. But he – they this. Sometimes we, we won't know for a while, but I think we'll eventually look back and feel like this week was a bit of a. So is it a bad day at the office for the defense? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay, because they're not really banged up, Mm-mm. except for Akeem Hicks, and yeah, well, that, that makes has the something to do with, with the it. run defense. Um, but they got an, they got as many sacks this game as they did during the Super Bowl. So three, yeah. So yeah, but they they weren't really very impactful plays, yeah. and they were late. Like Sean Murphy Bunting came in, finally got a yeah, chance got to play. Yeah, and he got a pick. Came in and immediately nice. got a pick, which I'm sure he was pretty hyped up about. Yeah. Um, so there's there's also depth there. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. But in any case, going back to what we were saying before, switching over to the more uh, encouraging part of that game, is it, it turns out when you get Mike Evans and Chris Gowan back, you can throw the ball a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> yeah. Made all the difference in the Did, world. It, the catches <clears throat> that Mike Evans made. He's that, so that, good. It, uh, just, I mean, it, it's electrifying. It, it, I mean, to the second touchdown in the corner, the way. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking. It seems oh, like that's such gonna a low be, percentage. Yeah, throw. that's going to be out of bounds. There's not a prayer on this one as it's in the air. And then he, not only does he catch it, but he gets it, keeps yeah. his feet in, which is amazing. I had a friend who works in the NFL who texted me during that game. He's like, Mike Evans is so is is underrated. Yeah. He's underrated. He's he a beast. I saw something. It's funny you bring that up. I saw something that uh, people would not really know who Mike Evans was if Tom Brady didn't come in the spotlight and hmm. all of a sudden went on the Bucks. But he's been somebody that we've known for a long time. Well, he's he's always been good. He's, yeah. he's been doing, and he's gotten better too. Uh-huh. He has worked well, hard specifically specifically to get better in some areas. Not only is he better on the field, but he's better physically because if you go back yeah. and look at his rookie year and uh-huh. a couple of years, he was a little little I don't want to say 
he wasn't as muscular. That's how I put right. it. But, yeah. you know, a lot of players get to the league on their raw talent mm-hmm. and are good and are good enough to be good. But right. in order to be great, they learn from people already in the league, like, you know, going Gotta all the way back to Jerry Rice. Yeah. That, um, if you combine your incredible talent with a dedication to, you know, your body, Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah. Um, you sound like you listen you to Tom great. Brady. No. Sound like you listened to Tom Brady's right. podcast I, yesterday. I did not. I did. I did. Yeah. But he was talking about that, which I thought was interesting so, on on prevention uh, rather than yeah, yeah. the other results. So Mike Evans in that game catches two touchdown passes that increases his career total to seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he already had that record for the Bucks, obviously seventy eight catching and one he recovered a fumble in the end zone. Um, <clears throat> he also in that game. Uh, broke James Wilder's long-standing franchise record for yards from scrimmage. Uh-huh. Now, you know James Wilder was a running back who, um, rather famously, not only ran a lot but caught a ton of passes. Like the year 1984 when he ran like 407 times and caught he 85 was, passes. He was the offense. He was the whole offense. Uh, he had a game against Minnesota that was just electrifying. Yeah, just electrifying. I can't. Re- I I want to. I, I I'm going to go look that up, but I remember. I remember that he became the offense. Well, um, so, you know, Mike doesn't have any rushing yards. He actually has 10 career rushing yards. Yeah. But he, uh, he's done it all through the Which air. Which was more than we <clears throat> rushed against Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. For the record, the Bucks ran six times for three yards. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but did score a touchdown on the ground. They we'll, did. We'll be talking about him. They Rashad did. Well, yeah, we will. Hopefully, yes. We'll be talking about him, I said. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in addition, Evans' two touchdowns gave him 482 career points, which is the third most in French history. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. French history. <laughs> I tried to make it happen. You did. If you, you listened did. last week, yep. I accidentally created a, a word, a portmanteau. You coined a phrase. I was actually did it with my fingers because I was typing, and uh-huh. somehow I have to type franchise history so much that somehow this one time I just smashed them together and, and it became French history. Franchistory. And now I think that should be the word. How is that spelled? F-R-A-N-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y. Ah. So you, you lop off the I's, I's I and then just jam the history part on there. Hmm. Or history. Franchistory. Actually, French, you only have to take the E off of franchise. Uh-huh. See? And you use the whole word of history, so it's oh. a pretty it's a pretty efficient so, word. So you would really know what it means. Franchistory. 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 <clears throat> Word of the word. We're gonna make this. We're gonna. We're, we're, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, those six carries for three yards meant the Bucks were just passing the whole game, which yeah. meant um, even when they had lengthy drives, like um, the 75 yard drive that led to Mike Evans' first touchdown, only took 236 off the clock. Mm-hmm. The 75 yard drive that led to his second touchdown only took 201 off the clock. So even when the Buccaneers were moving the ball. And our last touchdown drive only took a minute 12 off the clock. And they weren't keeping the defense off the field for very long. Right. And the other side of the coin is Kansas City methodically moved yeah. down the field. They they had some pretty long drives. I mean, the first mm-hmm. – um, Well, the first one was short because of the fumble. Yeah, but I'm saying uh, the time of possession in the first half was way lopsided. Well, it was way lopsided by the end of the game. The yeah. Bucks only ended up with 21-22. Yeah. So you see how these th- things snowball. Sure. And the defense is probably tired. They played 80 snaps. Yeah. And some of those Crazy. guys – Some of those guys – Never come off the field. I mean, both inside linebackers and Antoine Whitfield so far have played every defensive snap. And Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards have only missed one. Carlton Davis had played them all until he got hurt. That's crazy. So, that's a lot. 
That's a lot, and so you can see how it just it doesn't get easier as no. they go along. Now we've had games like the Green Bay game started off the same way, and they're able able to adjust and, and clamp down, but they just were not able to figure it out. I think that was kind of the, the mindset as you watch a Buccaneer game. You kind of go, you kind of think, okay, they give up scores early. Okay, they're going to latch it down. I mean, you know, we've been we're, we're going to come back. To yeah, yeah, not concerned, not concerned, and it just did just did not happen. You know, playing in a um, a night game also had the benefit. I know we, we prefer one o'clock games, and we get one this uh, week against Atlanta. Not not only this week, three in a three row, three in a row, and three two in a row. Yeah, so um, that gives you, in addition to just being a better schedule, you had we had the chance to see a little bit of, of football, and depending on how early you got up, you could have been watching it for about what twelve straight hours. I <laughs> did. I watched the. I actually watched the whole um, Saints. Um, Saints Minnesota game. Well, if you didn't see the yeah. whole thing, if you just saw the five last yeah. five minutes, no. you got plenty of entertainment. Yeah, well, if you saw the last five minutes, you're solid. But no, I watched the whole game. It was kind of, it was it was interesting um, not to be in our you know get up on Sunday and be going game day. Got to get ready, get to the stadium. I mean, had plenty of time because we were that eight twenty game. So um, <clears throat> I really what I I I kind of enjoyed watching a whole game. And I was rooting for the Vikings. And you and I had that discussion of who should win. I brought it up and you quickly dismissed it. Yes, but then as I was watching the game, I started thinking, gee, could Scott be right about this? I could be right logically, Mm -hmm. but I... I agree with you. It was just, it was just impossible. Well, I was going to finish my sentence. No, Scott was not going to be right. <laughs> well, I realized, and I figured that would be the case as I'm watching the game, like there is no way I could root for the Saints. Yeah, here. no, no. It would have to be something like the Saints are 2-14, and 14 and they're, we need them to knock off the Vikings because we're fighting for that last yeah, yeah, playoff yeah, spot. Yeah, that, yeah. That will ha- it'll have to be a situation like that. Yeah. But what that game did um, to me was emphasize the importance of, of special teams. Oh. So at the end of that game, towards the end of that game, the the Vikings score a touchdown to go up three, uh-huh. and then they miss the extra point. Not blocked or anything. No. The kicker just flat out missed, missed the it. extra point. So now they're only up by three. <clears throat> they don't have a – New Orleans doesn't have a ton of time. No. But enough, and they get around, I don't know, not far past midfield, and they, they're facing a fourth down, and they decide – to kick a 60-yard field goal rather than go for fourth down. And the interesting part about that is that in Pratt, in he was before the game started, he was on that side of the field practicing kicking field goals in London from that in yeah. London from that distance. And he was making them. Mm-hmm. He was making 60-yarders. So unlike the Denver kicker in Week One, I guess it was when he told uh, Nathaniel Hackett that he could his the outside of his range was 64, uh-huh. and then. So Hackett went for the 64-yarder at the end of the game, and it, he missed. Mm-hmm. This kicker's name, Will Lutz, had reason to believe that he could make that 60, and he came through. And so now we have a tie game. So right there, the importance of special teams glaring at sure. us. Then the Vikings go down and get a field goal, and there's not a whole lot of time left now for the Saints, right. but they managed to get back to almost the exact same spot. They let Will Lutz well, try a 61-yarder. They, they got exact same spot plus one I yard. I said almost. I had the word almost in there. <laughs> and he hits that yet another double doink where it goes off of the one side post uh-huh. and lands on top of the crossbar yep. and bounces up in the air, yep. and everybody's like, which what? side is it going to fall on? And it goes just in front, no good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point that – it probably depended on 
how the ball was tilted when it hit that because it yep. hit like right in the middle. So if it had been, you can't see my hands, but if it had been tilted like this, it would have bounced that way. It's a double doink. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. It's the second double doink. Yeah. This one didn't lose a playoff game, though, and it was 61 yards. The best part <laughs> about that, as you described, it was pretty cool. But what I love. Crowd reaction. Not only the crowd reaction, player reaction. Player reaction. How they were like, they thought, yeah. yeah. And then you, and then you watch the Vikings, like, oh no, it's going to, oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I always love reaction shots. And sure, that was a good one because it was not immediately clear if it had gone through or not. No, or if it was going to go through after the bounce. The fact that you're, they're going for that is is pretty amazing. I mean, sixty yards. I mean, well, he just, he'd already made it from sixty. Yeah. a couple minutes earlier. And this isn't the same. And and you know what? They had a chance to move it, and he and they 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 weren't able to advance the ball. Oh, I mean, at that tri- point, they at that time they could have moved, they could have advanced, or advanced, they could have picked up that yard on the last play, but they didn't. They got stuffed. Oh, I don't know so that. So that's it's not like it was, um, boom, there it is. Uh-huh. You know, sixty-one, go for it. Well, but he would have. But you know, in all fairness. For the call, I thought it was great because when he did kick the 60-yarder, he made he, it. He, it looked like he could go at least 63. Well, this one that he yeah. missed had plenty of distance. It yeah. was about six feet up the, cro- mm-hmm. the side post. Yeah. So he just it, it was just if it had been maybe a yard closer, the um, the way it was fading, yeah. it still would have slipped through. Yeah, I mean that's that's a long that's a that's a hard go. To be I mean, close. I was thinking, okay, it's like what time was it? It was about. 12 it was about noon at this point oh here well, yeah because the game started like 9 30 what you mean when he was kicking the ball yeah, you mean it was no like it's like 12 30 it was late yeah it was getting so late. no but i'm thinking it's 12 30 most of the games haven't even started yet uh-huh. and if he makes this field goal this 61 yarder we're already gonna have decided the special teams player the sure two 60 <laughs> yarders in within a couple minutes of each other you could in done what, in what could have been a win for the saints if they won in overtime but they're one in three. Yeah. I have a piece of equipment that I would like to see outlawed from the NFL. Okay. And I, I, it was wow. in this game, too. All right. Players mm. got to stop wearing yellow gloves. Oh. Got to stop wearing yellow I keep seeing the flags. flags flying through the air. And there was a couple of Minnesota Vikings who were young, yellow gloves because I guess it's swaggy and it goes with purple or something. But uh, I hated it. I would think you wouldn't want to wear the yellow gloves because you could get caught holding more because you see. You don't the want yellow. to see it, right? <laughs> yeah, Why just, are you drawing attention to your hands? Yeah. Now I get the yellow shoes or the golden shoes. I don't like the golden's fine because yeah. it looks different. But yellow shoes yeah. also sometimes you you think there's flex. Well, that's so because, stop it, guys. That's stop because it. we're trained to when we see yellow, we think penalty. That's that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So continuing on with our day of leisure, um, and after those games, we then got to see Baltimore against Buffalo. Which was a fantastic game. Which was really irritating to me because Baltimore was up like twenty to three at the half, and uh, and but then they didn't. They had an opportunity to score before the end of the half, and they didn't. And I thought that's going to bite you in the butt, mm. and it did. But it was a good game. It was a very entertaining game, and um, I have to tell you, we're playing the Ravens in Week Eight. That's and, why I watched that, game. and I am scared of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I mean even. Patrick Mahomes is a good runner, and he was hurting us by escaping yep. and either picking up yards or that crazy yeah. play where he kind of spun around. And but he's no, he's not, and nobody else is in the same league as Lamar Jackson is just right. a pure runner. I am scared of that. I, I mean, Buffalo held him to what? What was it? Twenty three twenty or something? Yep. Was, they they didn't go wild. No, 
But Lamar Jackson is just on a different level when he takes off with the ball. Well, you talk about you watch that game because the Bucks play Baltimore. Last night, I watched the Rams 49ers game because we play both those teams. And holy smoke. With the 49ers defense? Whoa. Whoa. I, I did not realize that their defense was that good. Yeah. And watching that game, I was like, holy I had smokes. been I had been reading and hearing on podcasts that they had one of, if not the best defense in yeah. the league, but I hadn't seen it in action. No. Well, they were West Coast teams. We really don't, you know, you don't, you kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Unless but, we're playing yeah. them. So you jumped away from, Sorry. I wasn't done with the Ravens game yet. I, my bad. So did you see the end of that game? Uh, I did not because I was actually okay. at the stadium. So it's tied, and there's like a little under two minutes to go, and Baltimore or Buffalo has driven all the way down to like the 18-yard line. I mean, it doesn't look good for Baltimore, which I think had one or no timeouts mm-hmm. left. And so it's clearly a situation. The running back, I think Devin Singletary gets the ball. He breaks it all the way down to like the three-yard line. And it's clearly this, a situation where they need to let him score. Okay. Because Buffalo. Because of the time on the clock. So they get the ball down to the three. They won, They won, run one Josh Allen sneak. And then they just kneel two more times and are able to kick the field goal with virtually no time left. Right. And that was clear. The announcers were even talking about it at the time. To go ahead and let him score. They needed to let him score. And, in fact, there were some – I mean, most people listening here probably saw this. You yep. said you didn't see the end of it. There was some fighting between a couple of the Ravens defenders. Um, <clears throat> Marcus Peters, who's kind of a, a mercurial guy anyway, um, was yelling at somebody on the sideline. I think they were mad at uh, Odefe Owa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. In the draft, he was Jason Owa. But then okay. He, in any case, he, I think he was the one that made the stop. And, and it, so uh, the point is not everybody on the field – knew the situation and some thought some were trying to let him score but not everybody was in on it uh, and my point being and and baltimore's a very well run and well coached team yeah. so i'm not casting any stones here i'm just saying i would think at this point most nfl teams would be better at this mm-hmm. they would be better at recognizing the situation in time to get everybody on the same but page. it goes against all your grain but it goes against everything there's been enough of these through the years that you you know that there are going to be situations where it's better to let him score. You know, they would have had a, like a minute 30 to let um, Lamar Jackson try to lead a game-tying drive. Yeah. I'd rather have that than can we block a 28-yard field goal. Right. The first time I saw you have to let him score was in a Super Bowl. It was Green Bay against uh, Denver Broncos in San Diego. Oh, yeah. Did they and do it? They did. They let him score, yeah, because there was no other way to And Green do- Bay – they Greenway lost that game. Okay. Denver won it, but that was the only way Greenway. Oh, that was one of the two Elway. Yeah, Elway ones. Yeah, that. But but that was the first time I ever saw a team say, "Okay, yeah. well, that's not true." I do I do remember long ago, long ago where the Buccaneers uh, um, let uh, a Jet score, and then oh, so, well, yeah, but that's different. so they could get a record. So they could get wilder. So they could get wilder. It's another the game. Ball. I was, it was yeah. what I was talking about. They yeah. wanted to get him the record for yards. Yeah. From scrimmage, so so I take that back. It's the second time in the Super Bowl that and, I saw. And it. we've told this story before, but in yeah. case nobody else has heard it, the Buccaneers were doing everything they could to get James Wilder this, this record, including Laying down. letting them score <laughs> so they could get the ball yeah. back. And it didn't work at the time because the Jets' defense was fired up, and like Wilder got three more carries and lost yards on all of them. But they were so mad that when the Bucks played them the next year they ran up the score 62 to 28 still the most points the Buccaneers have ever allowed in a game talk about payback by that point though the man who had 
been calling, making these decisions, uh-huh. John McKay had retired. Yeah. So they really didn't get any revenge no, on John no. McKay. But it made him feel better. And it makes for a great story. Well, uh, so anyway, so you figure that at that point in time, you need to realize to, hey, if you want a shot at this, let them score. You have enough time on the clock to march down, score the touchdown, and win. That was the thing. That's your it, thing. It's a much better chance than you're going to block a 24-yard field goal with mm-hmm. 10 seconds left. Yeah. Three seconds or whatever it was. Interesting. I wonder I wonder what the, the fodder was after the game on that. Do, what, do you know? Uh, all I've, I've not seen. I haven't like, seen anything on that. I haven't seen how Harbaugh addressed it. Okay. I've just, every analyst I've seen has agreed that they made a mistake there. That doesn't mean they're right. Oh, you know, I did see something on that, but I didn't read the story because I, I was in a hurry and it was just kind of like the thought process. Let me see if I can figure out where that is. So, so after getting to watch all that football, then we go to the stadium and we have our game. And, uh-huh. um, you know, it wasn't much fun right from the beginning. Rashad White, as you mentioned, right. fumbled on the opening kickoff. and But he, I will say Rashad White did a nice job. I'm glad that that fumble didn't change the coaches' mm-hmm. minds because they clearly, as they said they were going to last week, as Todd Bowles said, we have to get – he was talking about yeah. both guys, him mm-hmm. and Keyshawn Vaughn, but it was obviously primarily Rashad White. We have to get him more involved. And he was true to, to, to his word on that yeah. one, and to the point where there were several times, I think it was early in the second half, where Rashad had several drives dedicated to him. Leonard Fournette played his – he'd been playing 85% of the snaps through the first three games. He only, only played like 61 in this game. And Rashad White got – it's like forty or twenty-five snaps or something, which was his biggest number so far. He looked really good in the passing game, as we expected. He ran in a touchdown, and uh, it, it ended up being a nice offensive outing for him, and a and a performance that made you think, okay, they need to keep doing this. Now we have to figure out the running game, obviously. Sure. But White and Fortnite combined for twelve catches for one hundred and seven yards on twelve targets, uh, so it was working. And Fournette did most of that. Those were almost exclusively screens. So almost all those yards were well-designed screens that he executed well because his average depth of target was actually negative 1.2, meaning he was catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and he ended up with 50 yards. Would you have thought if, if before the game started – would you have thought before the game started that if the Buccaneers scored 31 points, they would win that game? Most, most games I would say yes, but when you're playing the Chiefs, I don't think you can make that assumption. Okay, that's fair. It's a fair assessment. Um, they certainly did have a revenge factor, you know. I mean, they did lose in that stadium to the Super Bowl, so it could be one of those things, kind of like with the Saints, you know. As as my counterpart for the Kansas City Chiefs, we decided we were going to see each other in Arizona, which means a Super Bowl matchup. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But the Buccaneers, uh, you know, Tom Brady was only sacked once, but it was a pretty oh, it's a hard one. So the Buccaneers had not stopped a third down through much of the first half. They and then, didn't they, – Kansas City didn't punt until the fourth quarter. Until there was like two minutes yeah. left in the game. They had not – they had their first five third downs they converted. Um, partially that's because of their 17 third downs, I think 10 of them needed three or fewer yards. So uh-huh. they were doing really good on the sure. second yeah. down. That's the best formula for converting third down. But when they did have a third and eight or something, or even one that was like third and 15 um, – uh, uh, Mahomes just found Travis Kelsey wherever he was. But what Boy, I'm saying, he had a great game, didn't he? Yes. What I'm saying is um, they finally – the Bucks finally got a stop. They they stopped the running back on third and one, and then the Chiefs went for it on fourth and one, had a totally successful play that would have worked for a lot of yards, and the guy just dropped it. Yeah. So we're a little lucky there. Yeah, we but got very lucky. A little lucky there, but at least we got the ball back. 
Very next play. Turn it over. Strip sack. Yeah. It was the only sack of the game, but strip sack, turnover, they were back in the end zone. Like so that kind, of, that kind of balance that if he would have caught that ball, that was a touchdown. There was no question. Well, it was definitely a big game. Yeah. I thought he had all wide open spaces. And since we hadn't stopped him to that point, it would have been a touchdown yeah. at some point. But you got to take advantage of, of your breaks. And in that particular instance, uh, the Buccaneers did not. But what I'm getting at is the Buccaneers have lost four fumbles in the last two games. They lost Whoa. seven fumbles all of last year. Whoa. I mean, so that's got to stop, obviously. Right. <laughs> you think? Because Tom Brady threw a pick in game one. Yeah. And hasn't thrown one since. Oh, now you put it out there. Well, I mean, you got to talk about it. Sure. I didn't, yeah, whatever. Well, you didn't do it during the game. He just knocked on wood. wood. (laughs) Uh, You can even hear it. It's a little bit of. Here, I'll put my mic up closer. See? Okay. Another thing from that game. (laughs) And from the beginning of the season overall. You you like that, huh? Yes, I did. No, no, the visual was the best. The way. Of me putting the mic. Yeah, the way you leaned into the well, wall. I couldn't get the reason, close enough. I, I have to describe it. We are uh, the studio that we're in. It has wooden planks on the back. We use it for a lot of TV stuff here, and so that's why it was so easy for you to knock on. Wood. Yeah, but I that was not enough, your that was not your head. I didn't have enough uh, give here in the cord, cord to get right up. Well, to you it, could though. if you would have picked up your cough button, <laughs> but that's just here. And I don't there. even know what that is. As I you know. noticed. So, uh, or Bucks, so I heard. The Bucks are 28th in the league right now in, in. yards per completion oh. at 9.98. Now, it got a little better in that game. There was a couple big plays, but it still mostly was not deep plays. And I'm not even ma- trying to make a negative point here. I'm just saying this offense has evolved, and yeah. this is the fourth straight year or the third straight year that that number has dropped. So in 19, Bruce Arians' first year here with James Winston bombing away, mm-hmm. it was 13.42 per completion. I'm not saying per attempt, I'm saying per right. completion, because that would be a great number per attempt. Sure. In 20, the Super Bowl year, great offense, right? It was down to 11.65, mm. but there were still plenty of deep plays. In 21, you, you remember lots of too high safety shells. Tom had to throw a lot of sh- shorter passes, yeah. not, couldn't get as many big plays downfield. It dropped to 10.94. It's, it's almost a whole yard lower this year. And that trend, that's probably about as low as that trend can go, right? Yeah. You probably need that to get that up to more like, t- you know, 11 at least, so, and the offense will be operating like it did last year. But there's room for improvement there, and, and with the guys coming back from injury, I think we're going to see that trend yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, offensively, I thought the team certainly made strides in this game. In and, and I realize in, in passing, passing right, yeah. and I understand that. But sometimes – you have to give credit to the defenses that you're facing. They're not giving you the running game. Yeah. But if you can still, if you can beat them in the passing game, then well, then beat them in the passing. In, game. in a game where you give up, where you only get three rushing yards, you know there has to be a combination of it wasn't going well, and the game wasn't going well. So right. you you had to stop running the ball. Right. And and you were behind, so you knew you were going to pass more. It, we were way behind. Way behind. It probably would have been a bad rushing outing, but something in terms of fifty to seventy yards. Yeah. If we weren't so behind and had to throw on every down. Tom passed for, what, 52 times, something? something. 39 of 52, which yeah. is 75%. Sure, that's For solid. 385 yards. Yeah. And three touchdowns. And no interceptions. I don't recall. They have what are called turnover-worthy plays. Uh-huh. Sometimes guys drop an interception. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't he had any had throws that, that scared you. No, no. So it was a good performance. It really was. By the offense. By the passing game. The, the, rushing, the running game is obviously trending in the wrong direction. You do start to wonder 
as much as the coaches are saying good things about the new young guys uh-huh. playing, that maybe it is taking a little bit of while for yeah. that interior line to gel. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder when the when the rushing yards keep getting worse every week, right? Yeah. But they had such a good first game of the season. I, the other thing is – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, no. The other thing is the run defense, which is the best in the NFL over the span of since Todd Bowles arrived to now. Mm-hmm. And it was number one in 19. It was number one in 20. It was number one for a good portion of 21 before kind of fading away last year and ending up third or fourth. And it started out this this season pretty good. But that couldn't do anything against the Chiefs. And it was it was some Mahomes runs, which are a different beast. Yeah, that's a hold of their game. But there was outside zone runs. There was inside duo runs. There was It, it didn't seem like it could stop anything. And they didn't. <laughs> Especially on first down. They would yeah. just get seven yards. And like so, that's a problem, and and even Todd Bowles pointed this this out. That's a thing to be concerned about this week because the Atlanta Falcons can run the ball big time. <laughs> they're not anything yeah. like what they no. have before. They haven't ranked in better than twenty seventh since two thousand seventeen in running the ball. They were terrible last year, and now all of a sudden they're a Russian juggernaut getting one hundred sixty eight yards a game. Who would have thought in game five uh, it would be a battle for first place two in the two, NFC yeah. South? And and, <laughs> and it's not the, the Saints, right? Yeah. Because everybody kind of dismissed the Falcons as they go. Oh, yeah. Um, well, th- every Falcons game so far has been extremely close. Yeah, yeah. So they they kind of been involved in a lot of one-score games that can go either way at the end. The uh, the, the catch of the game for me was our buddy Co. Co. Keefe getting His that. first career. Yeah, and I was hoping he would have made it in, you know, would have broke that tackle, had a little more room on the outside to score the touchdown so he could say his first catch was also a touchdown from – Tom Brady. That would have been, that would have been sweet. It but was a nice catch on the yeah, sideline and 19 catch. yards. I mean, he's averaging 19 yards per catch in his career, which yeah. is pretty good. They didn't say he was that dynamic of a pass catcher. Right? Yeah, saw 41 right there. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Co-keefed. Yeah. But uh, in this last game for the Falcons, they beat the Browns, I think, mm, 23-20. Yes. Uh, they completed seven passes in the whole game. Wow. They ran the ball 35 times, and sometimes it's Mariota, but he, he only had one carry in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, Cordero, or Cordero, Cordero Patterson got hurt after nine carries, but a rookie named Tyson Algier, or Tyler, I think it's Tyson. It's either Tyler or Tyson Algier, and then a guy they called up from the practice squad named Caleb Huntley combined for like 150 yards. So they can run the ball, yeah. and they are going to run the ball, and – Marcus Mariota's passing so far this year has not been particularly effective. And Kyle Pitts, by the way, do you know who that is? That's yeah, uh, what's-his-face's son. No, it's the tight end for the oh. for the Falcons, who had who was drafted fourth overall last year, the highest draft pick ever used on a tight end, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. That's the highest pick ever used on a tight end. He had a 1,000-yard season as a rookie, and, the, and so um, – there were huge expectations for him coming into this year. and guess th- he's meeting them. They're just not throwing him the ball. Well, they don't have to. They're running the ball. So here's here's why I bring this up, Jeff, and you can tell me what you think. And, and it's going to start off in a way you don't like because I'm going to start off talking about fantasy football. Oh. But there's something I'm getting to that I want you to All right, I'll listen to it. I am one of these Kyle Pitts owners who's pissed <laughs> off right now. I'm one of the owners. That's what they call them. <laughs> okay, if you don't like that word, team, that's what they call it, Jeff. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what that's that's fantasy parlance. Okay. Okay. All right. I have Kyle Pitts on one of my teams. Okay. That's not only that, but I had to use a third round pick to get him. Ooh. That's pretty high capital. Pretty costly. Right? So you keep when you have a guy like that, you mm. keep playing them every could week, be a, even if they're not doing anything. Could be bad managing so of. Uh, I know you're being your sarcastic part. and a jerk, and every time I bring up fantasy football, you have to do this. But I'm trying to get to a point, and that is, okay. I've been trying to decide whether to bench him because you don't want to bench this guy who's supposed to be stud, and then he goes off. Well, they're playing us this week, so am I jinxing him more if I bench him or if I play him? What should I do to help the Buccaneers? You're really asking me this. Yeah. <laughs> Does it jinx them? Does it? If I bench him and then he goes off, this is what I think. You it should is do. my fault because okay, I benched him. Okay. This is what you do. This is what you do. You go. You don't worry about how it is going to affect the Buccaneers. You go with how it's going to make your team win. And that way, you're happy at the end of the day, either or. I'm not happy at the end of the day. Well, you will be, because if you're if he does have a great game, your fantasy team did really well. If he doesn't have a great get, great game, your Buccaneers did really well. Winning one fantasy week does not make me feel happy on a day that the Buccaneers <laughs> lose. I'm just trying to help you. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Play right. I should have known better to try to ask I, you for help on I, something involving fantasy Well, football. first of all, it's fantasy, so it's not real. So I say go for it. But you're not superstitious at all, huh? You've never been well, superstitious about Well, I'm very anything? superstitious. Very much so. Like, um, well, as long as I, we're I was going to say something, but now I'm not going to. As long as we're on fantasy football sure. here, we might as well get the rest of it over because I think you <laughs> – Yes, um, it's, like, think, it's like thing, a root canal. Let's do it all at once. The, the other thing in my um, notes here that involve fantasy is after I made my Chris Olave prediction a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, and that turned out great, then you it asked did. me for another it's one. It's funny you said that because I saw him and I went, dang, he is good. Well, yes. And then you said you should make another one. Mm-hmm. Who Do you remember who I – who you were going to – Who, who, who you, I said was going to have a big I, week. To, honestly, I don't. Mike Evans. Oh, yes, you did. That was my – Oh, that's and right. So and we thought maybe – We did say that, yes. And he did. Two touchdowns? Come on. How many points? yards. How many points does that give you if you get two touchdowns? Well, he had eight catches. So okay. that's – if most teams – most leagues are PPR now. Uh-huh. So that's eight points. Okay. The 103 yards is 10.3 points. So now we're at 18.3. And then? And each touchdown reception is six points. So, so now we're at 30, 30.3. So that's – so 30 points is a good day. It's good, a fantastic day. Because okay. he was probably projected to have about 15. Okay. Somebody at lunch yesterday was talking about – in their fantasy league, they needed two guys to do 25 points each. And someone guy said, wow, good luck with that. And I was, didn't understand what they were talking about. I, I dozed off. Depends on who but it now, was. But now, that, but now that you're explaining yeah. 30s really huge. A 30-point okay. day for a receiver okay. or running back is huge. I did, I did tell you that we, you needed a So Okay, so we're going to keep yes. doing this now. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give the fantasy players right. out there a little nugget each well, week. Well, well, play Pitts. Play him. You're okay. telling me to play. Pitts. I'm telling him. Tell that's him. not my fantasy advice, though. No, but going that's out. No, I say, play him. Okay. Um, the guy I'm going to play because we out, know how you suck at fantasy, so play him. Four and zero in one of my <laughs> leagues, two and two in the others. Thank you very much. I could wait for you to bring that up. <laughs> four and zero, baby. See how I set it up for you. I tee it up for you every time. Go ahead. Um, oh. I will point out Houston running back Damian Pierce. Mm. And here's the thing. At the start of the year, there's a lot of people that got kind of – he got kind of buzzy. Sure. Right before the start of the year. Yeah. So, people drafted him, uh, but they're not necessarily playing him because the Houston was messing around giving the ball to Rex Burkhead oh, and yeah. Marlon Mack or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, in this last game, Damian Pierce got every single carry for the Texans. Everyone. 
Wow. And it ended up with like 131 yards and a touchdown. But the most important thing is they're not messing around anymore. This kid's talented and they're giving him the ball. Okay. The next week they have to play Jacksonville, which is a really good run defense. So it's a little shaky, but I think it's time to start putting Damian Pierce in your lap. So I'll, Damian going? Pierce is my highlighted uh, guy for this okay. week. So I'm two for two so far. Damian Pierce. Houston. There's probably some people listening here if they're, if they're Florida that if some of our fans are also Florida fans, he's a former Gator. Oh, okay. Well, that changes everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, people like sure, the Gator fans love to hear about the Gators. I know. I, I'm, that's why I said it changes everything. All right. Enough fantasy. I'm done. I'm done. I'll, I'll flip it now because I know you love this. I'm going to throw a trivia question at you. Okay. Okay. See if you can get it. All right. <clears throat> Who holds the Buccaneers record for most games played by a defensive lineman? A defensive lineman. Wow. Most games played by a defensive lineman. Hmm. 99? Not anymore. Who is it now? It was 99 until this past weekend. Okay. So, by 99, if you don't know, he's talking it's about Warren Sapp. I'm sorry. Warren Sapp, who, before today, was tied for 10th in the Bucks' his all-time history in games played. I, I, I meant played. games. I meant to say games played. Did I say started? I don't know. We'd have to go back. Okay, so the trivia question way. is games played as okay. a Buccaneer. As a Buccaneer. He played 140 games as a Buccaneer. Okay. Will Golston has now played 141. Wow. Will Golston has played more games for the Buccaneers, Buccaneers than by a defensive lineman than wow. any other defensive lineman, Leroy Salmon, whatever, in yeah. team history. That's an underrated career right there, Jeff. Sure. You don't, you don't no. last 140 no. games in the NFL without being good. Right. And consistently good. Correct. And being a nice guy, too. Yeah, we, he, we love we him. We love him. And yeah. he's actually seeing a little bit of uptick in his playing time. Now, that's played. That wouldn't be starting. Games played, no, because his yeah, starts are more he, around yeah. 80. Yeah, I was just going to say. There are stretches in his career. And okay. even now, he do, he ends up starting about half the games because mm-hmm. he generally is the one that doesn't start in, in a – a sub package, like a nickel package. Mm-hmm. So if the other team starts with three receivers, he often doesn't get the start. But with the Keem Hicks out, it's it's not Logan Hall that's getting more playing time. Right. Logan Hall's playing time has stayed pretty steady. I should have known it was a trick trivia question. Well, it's really a trick. How's, what's the trick? Well, because, you know, you wouldn't have thought that it uh, – if you would have asked me last week who would have, I would have been right. Well, it would have been tied. Well, okay, two weeks ago if you would have asked me. <laughs> So the two, but the point, my point was, I was thinking that you wouldn't necessarily think of Will because it's hard to necessarily. Unfortunately, I didn't think of Will and that's a discredit. No, no, it's not. Because you just, it, I mean, he's, he's the, uh, the silent player. He's not a, he doesn't, he definitely doesn't draw attention. He doesn't stand up and say, look at me, look at me. He, he just gets the job done. He does his work. But I don't think it's a discredit to you because the point being not that you wouldn't think of Will Golston and know he's a good player, but just that. Oh my gosh, he's already doing 140 games. Yeah, because he's been here now for about a decade, but it's it doesn't wow. really feel like it. Right? No, no. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Ama- huh? that's, that's, I, I like that. I got to make sure I point that out to him. I think I yeah. pointed out to him uh, earlier in the season that he was close, but I want to uh, make sure he knows. He that. knows that. Yeah, most of the time they it's don't know. Neat. That. I know. Yeah, they don't. They'll they'll look at you and go, "Really?" Yeah, I've told yeah. Levante a couple times in the last, I don't know, Nine half years. season. Yeah. That, hey, you just passed this guy on the list. Or you passed that because but they're cut from the same cloth. They, they go in, football, right? they they do their jobs. They're not they're not running. They're not you know doing actions to say mm-hmm. look at me. So you know who's doing his job this year? Uh, Devin White. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Special teams player of the week month. Special teams player of the month last week, which we didn't talk about because the award came out after we had recorded. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't mean special teams. Yeah, I know. You meant That'd be pretty amazing. Play. Well, that's true. No, defensive player. Defensive of player of, the, player of, of the, month. the month. First one of those we've had in a long time. Yeah. Okay, so now you want special teams? What? Who's doing Ryan what? Ryan Suckup is doing his job. Yes, he is. He's he's making the kicks. He's getting so it done. So his last six field goals have been from these distances, and he's made them all. 47, 47, 47, 45, 45, 45. And that was the question mark. Could he make – Exactly. Those. Could you trust him from the right. mid-40s mm-hmm. to make the majority of your mid-40s? He's made them all. He, yes. he had a 44-yarder earlier in the season. So he's 7 of 7, which is most of his field goals because he's 9 of 10 overall. Right. Yeah. You'll take you'll take 90% every season, but particularly because it hasn't been chip shots. Now, you know, we're talking about special teams, and I'm just curious, and, you know, I want to want to check it out. How are we keep kicking out of bounds? Yeah, that's happened and, twice. And so my question is: Is it like, are we trying to kick it in a certain area? I, I want to. I have an inquiring mind. You know, I would think whether because it, I don't. I mean, he can boom it. I'm guessing in this case that he, on those two instances, he just was trying a little. Kamara, Kamara, Jay Kamara, yeah. the rookie punter who, like Bradley Pinion before him, mm-hmm. who by the way is doing quite well for Atlanta so far. Um, is also the kickoff guy, and he's been pretty good. Yeah. Five of his six sure. kickoffs went yeah. into the end zone. The one that didn't, unfortunately, went out of bounds. Right. Um, I think he probably just, you know, sometimes you swing a little too hard. Yeah. You've probably done it in golf. Yeah. You just you tried a little too hard sure. and ended up yanking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I doubt it was trying to do directional kicks because yeah. you don't do that as much on kickoffs for that very reason because you don't want to risk it. Yeah. If you try a coffin corner punt, and it goes out of bounds. It's just uncharacteristic. I mean, well, he's had three, though. Oh, he's at three? I thought it was two. I think he had two this past game, and then he had one against New had, Orleans. No, I he think. only had one this past game. Sure? He had a punt that, that didn't go very far and went out of bounds. Okay. Only, okay, one kickoff and one a punt. Ki- the yeah. kickoff is the but problem. But two, two that went out of bounds. Because yes. when you hit the kickoff, it goes to 40. Well, you're often trying to angle punts out yeah. of bounds. You just want them to go a lot farther. This yeah. one came off the side of his foot, I guess. Yeah. But that is something to to. Uh, I mean, he's special been, teams. You know, we talked about how special teams won a game, yeah, yeah, and how special teams are very important. You know, we for it, we're not. Well, I guess we are kind of picking on special teams if we're bringing it up. But you know, the I brought it up in a good way. Yeah, and just that. Yeah, in that particular instance, right. But um, you got to hit on all three, so we'll go with that. Yep. Just so an obs- just an observation. The other observa- observation that. Uh, I made during the um, watching all the games sure. since we had that opportunity uh-huh. was um, a lot of people got hurt, man. Oh, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean the 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 uh, Giants were down to a point where Saquon Barkley was basically playing Wildcat quarterback uh-huh. for the last two drives of the game. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, huh? Uh, I don't, you know, I guess everyone's talking about it's because you don't have preseason games, but I, I'm not so sure if that's it. Because most most starters don't play a whole lot during the preseason yeah. anyway. So I, I don't know. I just, I think it's just one of those where, um, you know, everyone talks about being in football shape or, or you know, you're going to get banged up during the season. You know, as someone said, you're never going to feel good until March, which is basically end of the year plus a month. Um, but there, are, but players are bigger, stronger. You know, I mean, that argument. I'm not saying you're making it, but that argument of less preparation in preseason. If it's all hamstrings or something, maybe. But 
like that safety for Minnesota, Lewis Seen, I think it's pronounced. He he just broke his leg. I mean, playing another preseason game wouldn't have stopped that from happening. Right. You know? Right. Uh, Donovan Smith hyperextended his elbow because he got hit from yeah. the side, landed awkwardly on his hand. And that's not it. That doesn't have anything to yeah. do with your It's like getting rolled up on. You can't really can't, you yeah. can't you can't train for that. I would think I don't think the majority of NFL injuries are due to well, how much they prepare, but there have been a, been a number of them. But I guess that's where that's where the practice squad is really coming into major it's play like, right it's now. Much it's more saving an, everybody. It's much more an extension of your roster than mm-hmm. it used to be. Right. Uh, it's not a, an also ran like an almost guy. It's like we could use you. those guys may be pressed just, in the service. Yeah, soon, which we, is also why they gave you six veterans exceptions. They don't mm-hmm. have to be young players. Yeah, so you can keep a guy like Cole Beasley, who has one more time one more. to be able to be. And then if he gets if he wants to be brought up the fourth time, he has to go on the roster. And if yeah. he goes on the roster, then you have to cut somebody yeah. because you already right. have the fifty three there. Yeah. Okay. How's so, that? It's good. I kind of rolled through that really quick. If someone was wondering about that, so you can rewind it. So, the, so the Buccaneers did call up. They elevated Reddit. Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. which means they say on Saturday they're elevating him. Now they're added to the roster. So you, you have fifty four instead of fifty three. And you don't have to cut anybody. And then they automatically revert to the practice squad without going through waivers afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that three times in the regular season with a specific player. So right. Cole's down to his last one. They brought him up. And in part, Prashad Perryman was doubtful. He didn't play. And then Mike, not Mike, uh, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and Julio Jones were all questionable. So that's why you bring up a seventh or actually an eighth receiver. Mm-hmm. Prashad goes down the other inactive receiver because everybody was able to play. Was Scotty Miller? Yeah. So, I think we see how the pecking order has sort of evolved. evolved. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. What? No. Uh, also, what? Mac Jones of uh, the Patriots got hurt, and they're they're throwing some guy named Bailey Zappi. Oh yeah, they were down. Great, yeah, great that name. was, and they still almost won. Javante Williams really bad injury for an exciting young running back for the Broncos. That one's that was a bummer. Uh. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So I have one more question for you. All right, one more. I have one more note. First of all, uh, when the when the Chiefs scored off of the both fumbles, mm-hmm. those are the first points off turnovers that the Bucks had allowed all year. Really, that's a big deal. That is a huge fourth game. But it's over now. You know. Okay, and then my last question for you: um, Do you remember the song by Seal? Kiss from a rose. Yep. I compare you to a kiss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so finish this. Pretend you're on the, one of those lyrics game shows. Oh, that's a hard one. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on a grave. I thought it was a grave. My whole life, or however much of my life that song has existed, everybody I've asked thought the words were on a grave. What is it? It's the gray. The gray. I yeah because okay. How do you think when he goes? There used to be a blank tower alone on the sea. What, what's right. the tower? What kind of tower? I don't know. There used to be a gray. Oh, okay, it sounds like grain sh- tower. There used yeah. to be a grain tower alone on the sea. It's There used to be a graying tower alone on the sea. Mm-hmm. You're looking it up, aren't you? I am. I, I, Every I, single person I've asked, including you, including my wife, has always thought that that was kissed from a rose on a grave. I, I was shocked to discover this when I looked at the lyrics for something else. I didn't even I didn't have any idea I was wrong about that one. Really? I was looking up a different part of the lyrics, and I'm like, what? A graying tower? Oh, yeah. Kiss from a rose on the gray? Yeah. I, I can understand that yeah. you had to look that up because you didn't believe me. I probably would have done yeah. the same thing. I've been and I kissed bet you, by a rose on the gray. I would bet you 90, 98% of the people listening to this podcast 
Yes, I compare Just you to a kiss new. from a rose on the grave twice. Gray. Gray. And now that your roses bloom, a light hits the gloom on, on the, the gray. gray. Not the grave, the gray. The color. And the outro is the light hits the gloom on the gray. Yeah, can you believe it? Well, then, I think we need to change those lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he, they're not getting what you wrote. He needs to re-record that song. Because I always one. used to think, I always used to think to myself, um, you know, a kiss from the rose on the grave. And then I thought, well, I kind of get that because you it's know, evocative. Some, yeah, sometimes it's you know, a place if, where there was death, but now yeah. there's something beautiful growing. Yes. And or somebody left a rose. A rose, on the you grave. kiss the rose, you put it on the grave, or you touch the headstone. I've even been it known seemed to, make sense. to kiss the headstone. I mean, oh, I've yeah? seen many of that. But, anyways, well, that kind of ruined it for me. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> but you learned something new. Now, may I ask this question? What brought that up in your daily life? I don't remember. But when it happened, I wrote it down. I take notes. Because there's something in your life all the time. No, no, just oh. for this. Because I'm like, oh, that'd be an interesting thing to tell okay. Jeff. Wow. See, I'm tr- I'm trying to entertain you. You are, you are, because I'm trying to figure out why that song would pop in. Were you driving somewhere? Oh no, or? that's a song that I heard. Okay. And I will have to, I will have to admit that that's a song when I hear it, it's stuck in my head for days afterwards. Okay. And I only sing like three of the lines over sure. and over. Again. Yeah. Wrong. I've been singing them wrongly. <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep singing is on wrongly, a grave because I like it better is, that way. Is, was wrongly used correctly there, or should I have said it, or should I have said? I, I think it was fine. Oh, okay. You wanted to know if you used the word wrongly wrong? Correctly, yes. <laughs> okay, I think we're done with this segment, Jeff. It's a, we've already been rambling on for over an hour. Yes, yeah, so. it's, it's fun though. Yeah. All right, very good. We'll be back. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs Podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm still Jeff Ryan. And now we have our special guest of the week with us, running back Rashad White. Rashad, yeah. uh, you know, Wednesdays are busy for you guys, so we really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for having me out. Let's start with the well, let's start with the game, this last game, um, because Coach Bowles had said on several occasions that we definitely have to get Rashad more involved in the offense, and then they did. So you know you got you got more snaps like twenty four snaps something like that so and very productive in the rush in the passing game scored a touchdown so were you pleased with how that game went other than obviously the outcome? Uh, I mean yeah, I mean I'm a big like guy that's big on winning so I really wasn't pleased sure. so I was frustrated like uh, I was angry uh, for one for how the game started off for me. Um, my mom raised me on account- accountability ability so uh, I kind of put. Uh, a good amount of the game on me, but uh, I was pleased with how I bounced back and um, how, like, the leaders on the team and, like, Mike and Tom and um, the coaches, like, believed in me still and um, and how I bounced back from it. So I was pleased with all that um, ment- mentality and handling adversity, but uh, I was mad, yeah, about the outcome yeah. and not winning. Yeah, I didn't – wasn't really going to feel the need to bring that up as you're talking yeah. about the fumble and the opening kickoff and uh, – uh, after that, though, 50-something yards receiving, and, and uh, you got your first touchdown. So what was that? Can you describe how that touchdown unfolded? Uh, so I just remember we was in the huddle, and I, uh, TB had called one play at first. Um, I don't know if he had took a timeout or something, but it, we was in the huddle for a minute. And I think maybe somebody got hurt or something. I think it was actually right after CG had went down, um, and uh, TB was gone. 
you know, take it in there himself. But um, oh. uh, that was the play originally. But then he would just, like, scratch it. Uh, we going to run, you know, run the ball. And nice. uh, I was just like, okay. Like, you know, but the way the play set up, you know, TB can still throw it up to Mike, you know. Okay, so, yeah, like, yeah. you never know. But yeah. I'm just – I be thinking, like, you know, running like I'm still going to get the yeah. ball. So, um, that's what it was. So, I ran it like I was still going to get the ball. TB turned my way. I said, okay. Uh, it's a handoff. And, uh, I mean, the line did a great job of getting off the ball, uh, washing guys down. I seen a little space for me to uh, just do a little leap and, and get in there. Um, and uh, that's what I did. Yeah, when when you know it's coming your way, did did your heart pick up a little bit? Was it a, was a thought process any different? Uh, for me, no. Uh, it just was like uh, get in there, okay, get a yard or whatever we was half a yard or whatever. Get get the yard and, and get in there. Um, you're a running back and you love being a running back, from what I understand. But my question is, you have brothers. You have brothers. Yes. Uh, do your brothers want you to be a defensive player? Uh yeah, growing up and uh, through high school and things like that, yeah. Uh, my brothers played defense. Um, they wasn't the offensive guys. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So they were going after you. They wanted you to be a DB, huh? Yeah, they wanted me to be a DB. Yeah. Oh, all right. What? Why? Why didn't you go their way? Uh, you know, God was just leading me to a different <laughs> route. All right. um, I was just blessed to grow up and uh, play both sides, obviously a lot, but uh, I had more like um of the athleticism um that my brothers like to ah. play both ways and be able to catch the ball like you know my brothers um and one of them was pretty good at catching the ball and things like that he was a really great uh great safety the other one played corner so he was just big on like um you know um knocking the ball down and things like that like he couldn't really catch for nothing uh-huh. so. he couldn't catch for anything yeah. huh? his yeah. brother talked that's why i love this yeah so yeah. he really couldn't catch for nothing but uh he was great at dv at cornerback and deflecting the ball and things like that but me i was just blessed to be great at catching the ball and <laughs> knocking it down or things like that or just uh, other things so i thought offense was for me you cool. grew up in kansas city right uh, yes sir. so were you a chiefs fan uh yeah, growing up, of course. Uh when I was growing up it was around town uh Tom Jamal Charles was there. Oh yeah, he was great. It was yeah, so it was like yeah, huge. So I don't know, did it make it any extra special to get your first touchdown against the the hometown team? Uh for me, I mean it was blessed. <laughs> I mean I'm grateful for it. I mean I'd rather get the dub. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, we know that. Yeah, I would have rather got the win for sure over that any day, but uh, yeah, it was it was for sure a blessing. Yeah, you got a tough draw this week being our guest after after a loss. Yeah. It's always <laughs> it's always and we go in. We, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> and when we're talking to you, we we totally understand that. Yeah. You know, it's all about the W. We get that, but right now it's about Rashad. So that's why we're talking about you right now. Which yeah. which brings me to, and I've noticed this a number of times, and it just I'm curious. You always have the your picture on your shirt. <laughs> What's the story behind that? You have a sweatshirt on, and that's you, correct? Uh, yeah, this is me. Okay, so you don't have it, one of those, Jeff? I don't. So, a one, I want to get one, but b, you, what's the story behind it? Uh, I mean, for me, it was just uh, in college. Uh, opportunity opened up for me last year. Uh, players in college, uh, nil, and oh yeah, uh, okay. Somebody came to us about an opportunity of wanting to make shirts and apparel for me, um, like Arizona State type and type shirts and, and things like this and my face on, on, on hoodies and shirts and, and sweaters and stuff as well as a football and my name on it so it's different shirts and things like that so uh, I was just fine with it uh, I liked it um, 
it took me a minute to actually do the deal, but I actually liked it and things like that when I kept thinking about it. So uh, I just like wearing it. Um, yeah, no, it's very I was cool. I like gifted. I just like wearing it. Uh, I just like, you know, being comfortable in my own skin. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's free gear, Jeff. Yeah, no, listen, I, I get that. But I, I, I've noticed it uh, a number of times. And so since you had it on, I thought I would bring it up. So after a pretty good start to the season, the run game, and then a, another nice game in New Orleans, even if the numbers weren't huge, the run game's been a little scuffling a little bit lately, and we understand that's a lot of that is situational, you know, being behind by several touchdowns you're going to throw. But do you guys feel like there's a lot more meat on the bone here for the running game? that It can really produce quite a bit more than this. Uh, yes, of course we do. Uh, we feel like our line been doing a great job and things like that, and uh, we all uh, just been trying to get on the same page. Um you know, you kind of going through, you trying to weather the storms of like being healthy and things like that. You know, uh, B Walk came in and did a great job when uh, Donnie was out and things like that. But you know, we didn't had our um, share of hands and the, trying to play the hand we dealt with injuries and things like that. But honestly, we trying to get rolling and um, you know, we just trying to keep building it every day. Uh, eventually, th- things like that it it eventually gets rolling. Um, yeah. And that's just kind of kind of how the runner game goes. You know, you kind of got to build up. We had a great start yeah. um like you said first couple of weeks and uh sometimes you go into the slump but we got great leaders on the team and, and great coaches and uh, they figuring out a way to get us out this slump have you been able to learn stuff from Leonard Fournette uh yes I've been able to learn a good amount of things from him um things like that just how to carry yourself uh how to carry yourself be a more of a pro and uh do things on your own and um just a lot of big things of just be you you know things like that rich which I really like I like that you're a big team guy. I like that. But you also like individual sports. And if I'm right, you like bowling? Uh, yeah, I'll be playing bowling here and there. Yeah. What's your highest score? Uh, the highest odd in bowl is, like, I'm not the best, but I'll probably say, like, a 170. Okay. It's an average bowler. Yeah. That's an average bowler? Yeah. Then well, I am well below average. Well, like yeah, no. I'm, well, anytime. Well, you know, I mean, if you if you bowl a little bit like yeah. that, you know, so I was just curious. You get to go often or? Uh, I'll go. I'll try to go here and there. Um, I believe the last time I went, um, I had ended up. Uh, my daughter's birthday was August twenty fifth. That's the next thing I was gonna say. You have a daughter. How old's your daughter? She won. Okay. Uh, so her birthday was August twenty fifth. Uh, my girl is from Cali, so we had went out to Cali to do her birthday. Like nice. the, sure. The Sunday after the last preseason game. Nice. Um, that Saturday. So I had went bowling out there with like family and friends and my brothers and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. You yeah. Threw- I won though. So yeah. yeah. Well, of course you did because you're competitive. It's all about the W, right? Yeah. Gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Midwestern guy, obviously, and then you went west for college. So what do you think of the Bay Area? Uh, I think it's pretty smooth. Uh, I like this weather a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, because it's only like 78 today. Right. It reminds you of like the west and California and things like that uh, when it comes to weather. So uh, I think it's pretty cool, though. I like the scenery. Uh, I like Tampa Bay um, and things like that. Being able to uh, – we try to get out when we can, uh, me and my family. But – just seeing things, things like that, we like it. Well, you spend time in Arizona. How would you compare the heat there to, to Tampa? Other than, from, you know, there's no humidity in Arizona. Uh, for me, I feel, I think Arizona hotter. Yeah. Uh, that's just me um, because, um, like you said, there's no um, humidity. But it's also like you don't get days where you get to be able to get a breeze and you're looking at the that's flag right. and hoping that yep. it's – moving you know you get you get it get every day is the same you get you get what you get like you know 
And I mean, if you get like some wind, uh, you know, it's kind of hot on you. Like it's like a hot blow dryer, so yeah, it's like an air dryer. So it's like you yeah. know, it's different. I always, know? I always equate Arizona weather as you know on Thanksgiving when you're taking a peek at the turkey and you pull the oven down and yeah. that heat hits you. Yeah. That's Arizona. Yeah, it really doesn't matter if there's no humidity when it's like 108 degrees. Yeah. Well, yeah. blow torches don't have humidity, but they're hot. Yeah, so. stay hotter <laughs> All right, Rashad, we said we'd get a shot here in 10 minutes. Yep. We're, we're men of our words. So we thank are. you for your time. No, thanks for having me. We, we uh, enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you and let our fans hear a little bit. Fun. And I do like the fact that it's all about the W. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks guys. very much. The Salty Dogs. And hello again. We're back for the final segment of this week's Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah. I, what? Dang it, Jeff. What? I forgot again to say at the top of the podcast. Oh, how to do questions. I need to like tattoo that on my arm like memento. I think what I'll do is I'm going to put it in the equipment and write. Uh, you'll, you'll hold I'll, up a card. You'll have a card. I'll treat you like I do with Gene. Yeah. I'll give you cards That's for great. things I need for you to say when I need if you to say. If it's good enough for Gene Decker, I'll it's, it's good, good enough for, for you. Okay. Uh, so if you want to send us questions, and we've been getting a pleasingly high number of questions this year, and I think we're getting to most of them, yeah. you can email them to saltydogs at Buccaneers dot nfl dot com yep and buccaneers is spelled b you can just sing the song yeah b-u-c-c-a-n-e-e-r-s go bucks but don't put the go no no because it won't go okay all right first question all right he's going to clear up something i was going to clear up anyway okay remember when i uh read the the follow-up question about the knee pads oh yeah then i hadn't put his name on the sheet so i didn't know who it was correct and i just started calling him knee pad guy yeah well it was his name's todd and um he Oh, you I, had that right because we were kidding around about Saturday Night Live, Todd. Uh, maybe that was then, but he—the reason that he had—that was the second question from him on my sheet, and I didn't even realize it. Oh. I had two questions from Todd. There was another one that we'd already answered. Okay. And this was the second one. This is the so second. Todd, after being called knee pad guy repeatedly. Um, I like knee pad guy better than. Todd. I know. Well, he says, "Okay, let us retire my prior moniker, knee pads dude." I think I said knee pads guy. Yeah, but that's all right. And rebrand to simply Todd from Tampa. What do you think? Uh no, Todd. Todd we, from Tampa doesn't really. Todd, have we there's only one Todd from Tampa, and that's Todd Bowles right now. We <laughs> decide your nickname. You don't. If you get if you are an individual and you're deciding your own nickname, doesn't count. Plus, it's Todd from Tampa. I mean, yeah. There's probably a lot of Todd's from Tampa. Todd from Tampa. What's the question now? You're probably going to need to give us a better alternative or we're just going to keep calling you knee pads guy. Yep. Last week you referenced which jersey you would cherish if you could just select one. That was the thing I threw at you. Yeah, I I struggled with that. You did, where you could... You could have any game-worn jersey from yeah. any sport, any game. Uh-huh. Um, you didn't do very well at all at that. Great thought experiment. My choice is easy, but it's truly choice number two because announcers don't wear jerseys calling games. This is really good. Uh-huh. So since I can't call dibs on Al Michaels' sports jacket, he was wearing calling the Miracle on Ice in 1980 oh, nice. when the United States team of under-under underdogs yep. – Beat the Russian Goliaths with Al Michaels exclaiming the most famous f- five words in all sports history. Yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles. I'm going to have to go with Mike. I don't remember how to pronounce this. Aruzioni. Mm-hmm. That's one of the players. Go with Mike Aruzioni's jersey, who scored the winning goal. Stay salty, gents. Stay salty. Cheers, Todd. I like it. I got. That's one. a great choice. I saw. I, saw. I maybe we can call him Miracle and Ice Guy. Oh, Miracle and Ice Guy. I like that. That's better. That's better than Knee Pad Guy. Yeah. Knee Pad Guy's kind of dicey. It does have some connotations. Yeah. There you so be I, can, I guess with I understand that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Miracle. And okay. Ice miracle guy. and Ice Guy. We will change it up. Um, you know, I saw uh, 
uh, a question, and I thought of you immediately. Me? Or? Yeah, no, well, you, and Miracle then I thought about oh, here. Okay. And Well, he can be involved in this, too. Out of all the coaches' attire that different coaches have worn, what would you most covet it? Coaches? Our coaches? Diff- different coaches. They wore different things. You mean like Bruce Arians' Kangle hat, that kind you, of thing? Th- that type of thing. Tom and, Landry suit? There you go. But what what someone picked out, which which I thought was a great answer, was Bum Phillips' hat. Yeah. The cowboy hat. Oh, cowboy hat. Yeah. I don't like cowboy yeah. hats. What about um, – oh, dang it. What's, what's the famous um, Alabama coach? Bear Not, Bryant. Yeah, Bear Bryant. Didn't yeah. he have sort of a herringbone hat? Yeah, herringbone hat. That was hat. a pretty good-looking hat. That was a good-looking hat. Yeah. And that was before when coaches got to wear different things on the sideline. You know, all coaches did not dress in sideline gear. Yeah, they used to wear suits. It, yeah. <laughs> there was one coach in the NFL who held out on that longer than And then Jerry game. Glanville was always dressed in black. Yeah. Always right. left tickets for Elvis at the door. Yeah. Yeah. So Wasn't he the one that came up with No Fun Link? Yes, he was. Well, he was the not for long. You not keep for ma- long. You keep making calls like that. Yeah, okay. NFL it, stands for not yeah, for long. Yeah, not for long, right. That's a good one. But but I but I thought that was kind of interesting because you you like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Thoughts. What else? Uh, you got? There was no question here, so right. he was just giving it. Which he did a good job. All right. Very nice. Um, Miracle on Ice guy, Miracle you're in. Miracle on Ice guy. All right. Go ahead. Number two is from a guy we've already heard from a couple times in Germany. Mm-hmm. Hey, dogs. Greetings again from Germany. Did we did we uh, did we figure out what part of Germany he's from? I think he told us the first time. Yeah, I think he did too, but I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Just means he'll write in. Thought maybe if we're in Germany, this we'd is go. This is a good. Thought if we were, you know, in Germany, go have a beer. Yeah, we swing and have a beer with him. That'd probably be a pretty good beer. Sure. Uh, so this is a good way, actually, Jeff. This is a good strategy on your part to get us more emails. Yeah. We forget something and then can't think of it, and then that person writes in again to tell us. Oh, I like it. Right? That's I what like Todd, it. That's what Todd did. Yep. So this is Stefan. Right. First of all, hope everybody of the Bucks Nation is safe and well. Obviously, he's referring to the destruction of Hurricane Which Ian. we didn't really touch on, and and we, we really did. That's right. We recorded we, before. Yeah, th- before then. Last Tuesday, like right we before. recorded. Right. And we were we very luckily spared. Um, it's a tough it's really question hard. because, obviously, we did not want our area, area to get hit by a hurricane. Right. But the fact that it changed course and hit. means it devastated some other communities. Yeah. And we certainly don't. We don't want our safety at, and at the expense of their peril. And it's it's kind of well, I guess they call it survivor guilt, where yeah, you right. you you somewhat go, oh yeah, it didn't hit us, and then you stop and go, holy smokes, did you see Fort Myers and Naples, Santa Bonita Springs, Sanibel Island, you know, Cape Coral, um, we, just just like okay, it didn't hit here, but oh my gosh, look what happened there. So we've, yeah, we vacationed on Sanibel Island many times. Mm. With groups of families, yeah. and um, it was tough. Kept hearing, getting reports of because hey, there's a lot of very landmark, like restaurants and buildings mm. and and stores down there that you know because they've been there forever. And you then you somebody texts you go with a picture or something. This is where this used to used be. to be. This yeah. is where the Shalimar yeah. used to be. Or it's just it, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Stefan. We are right. good. We are. There was not much. There really wasn't any destruction here. No. There were some people the, about lost power. Hundred eighty thousand people in the area yeah. lost power for yeah. a while. We yeah. did not. I don't Tree know if you branches. Did. No, I we did not. Well, we um, 
you know, tree branches. Some I have a lot uh, of oak trees right around my house, yeah. so I had to get up on the roof and get a lot of debris off mm-hmm. my roof. But that is not a complaint. Oh no, that there was no damage whatsoever. It took me like an hour. There are people that have lost. Oh, everything possession-wise. Yeah, everything. You're, you're, and yeah. There's people that haven't been found. And well, and I was just going to say is you. Um, it, it's tough enough to lose everything material-wise, but when you lose a loved one, th- that's a whole other deal. Yeah. So, you know. And it's going to be. A, it's going to take a long time to, oh, to rebuild. Very much so. Very so much so. It's, it's really a tragedy. Um, and so, you know, we always were thinking about them. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, it wasn't bad here. It was like just kind of a heavy storm. Yeah. The winds were sure. whipping things around, but they weren't no. crazy. No. I don't know about you. We didn't board up our, our windows. No. Well, you see what happens if you live in Florida for a long time, a thunderstorm. It To me, it was like one of those really, wow, that was a heavy thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was. That's basically what it was. And that's how that's how lucky the yeah. Tampa Bay area got. Yeah. So, all anyway, right. continuing so, on. Yeah. Hope my written English is better than the Scots spoken German. Oh. Uh, no, he's right. <laughs> yeah, remember? I, know, I, remember. That's I right. really tried. So, last week, yeah, yeah. He, he sends his. His questions in English, obviously, or I wouldn't mm-hmm. understand them. Sure. But his phone did that little signature at the bottom. Yeah. We, and it was in German. I yeah. tried to read it. Right. He says, I really tried five times to figure out what he said. <laughs> I mean, again, one of the words was von. Yeah. I got to be pronouncing that right. Right. And one of them was mit, with, so, which I think is with. So wait. So so what was the over-under? I said you got two he didn't, under two he words right. Yeah. And he did I said the over-under two, and you said under. So under you were two. saying I got one right. Yeah. He didn't give me the specifics, but uh. he clearly did a terrible job okay. which i knew right okay he says jeff i owe you an answer for me it was impossible to get a ticket for the game in munich approximately seventy thousand tickets but four hundred fifty thousand people wanted a ticket wow. so i could just turn on my tv to watch the game but that's fair the game time would be nice so i'm not sure what question he's answering there. uh game time well it it's going to be 9 30 here is when that game's going to be and i think Germany is Germany six hours ahead at that time because we're in all of um, Germany. Um, I, I believe Munich is six hours ahead, so that would be three thirty. How long is the flight there? How long does it take? Is, was well, it, was it like seven hours to London? It, yeah, you're probably in the air, probably eight and a half, almost nine, okay. and then coming back longer because you're you're flying into uh, the headwind. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to, but anyway, on to his question yeah. about Luke Gedeke. I often hear people complaining about Luke, quote marks, he plays bad, have to improve quickly, and so on. I think he's doing good considering the fact he's going through three transitions, one from college to NFL, right. two from tackle to guard, okay. three from right to left. That's the hardest one, and, and he's right about yeah, that. Very good. All day, Because he was a right tackle in college, mm-hmm. and that is tough to make all those transitions at the same time. Uh, yeah. Coach Bowles has repeatedly said that Luke's playing. I think he's playing, playing well. Yeah. I I always hesitate to come up with too strong of an answer for this because I think it takes a a trained eye and b um, probably looking at the film a little bit more to really see how well a guy is or isn't he doing. He must be doing the nuances correctly and must be trending in the right way. Okay, because you can always get better, right? Especially, but when- but at least if they're talking to him. He's he's well. He's apparently a grinder, and right? A film grinder, and he's he, he's um, putting into the lessons he's being taught, maybe one or two at a time. But he's he's got a nice building block on his well, position. He's four games in. He's very talented. He's big and strong, mm. and he devours film. So I think he's been fine, and I think he'll get better. Sure. 
you can't argue with the fact that the Bucks haven't been able to run the ball for three games, so something's yeah. not going right, right up front. There but, you go. Uh, so I'm saying, unless a guy – sometimes you're watching a game and you see a guy completely whiff and the quarterback gets buried. Yeah. And then you go, okay, that was a bad play. Yeah. But 90% of the time when you're watching football, you don't really even notice who was good on the offensive line. You're following the ball. Yeah. Right? And even when there's sacks, you don't always know where they came from. Mm-hmm. So the only time you really, I find it a little yeah. difficult to give a full answer to this, but I'm optimistic about Luke. I I agree. Okay. All right. What are you – okay. And for Scott, some German words, oh. which the problem here is they're spelled out. Yeah. So I'm just going to mispronounce them again, but here we go. Off gets books. Go, okay. go bucks. Oh, I like it. Fert di- – how do they pronounce it? D-I-E. De or D or die? Die. die. Fert die Kannenen. You oh. probably can figure that one out. Because a lot of German words – do sound a little bit like English words. So, Fert de Cannonen. Fire the cannon. There you go. Cannons. Cannons. Because the N probably uh, makes it plural. All right. Last es uns verdammt nachmal tun. <laughs> that means what LFG means. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to learn. So, I might have just I, cursed. I, I like it. I, I want to learn that. I think that. he just tricked me into cursing yeah, in another language. I like it. I'm going to learn that. Please, and then he puts in parentheses, please don't say everything at the next episode, which is, I'm, I'm not sure what he means by that. Uh, probably. Was I supposed to like spread those out? Or, oh, I don't know. Maybe it means don't try to talk in German anymore. Oh. Which is a good idea. Probably. All right. That was from Stefan. Thank you, Stefan. Stefan, well, well advice there. Okay. This one doesn't, this one starts this way instead of like, hey, dudes. Uh-oh. It goes, what do you call two guys who are there here for this? So he's obviously ah, referencing. Hey, the open. I get that your intro is pointing out the fact that you guys have been around the team for a long time, though I think, not sure, sorry if I'm wrong, the oldest clip you play in that intro is from 2002. Okay. Is that right? Super Bowl? Well, it's, it's it's highlights. I know, it's, but in terms of when they well, happened. Well, Michael well, Spurlock was 09. Yeah. If it was um, Vernon Turner, that would have been before then. But this well, is, you do have to understand that there weren't a lot of you, you, um, highlights when we first started, okay? <laughs> The other thing is I can only archive what audio we have, and yeah. I have no idea where 1979 yeah. audio would right. be. I, I mean, no I suppose idea. you could do, like, some Allstott. Yeah, Allstott like up the gut. Yeah. But those plays are all, yeah, like, huge plays. Sure. There's only, like, five or six of them. So you Yeah, gotta... well, we, we were taking the historic perspec- the perspective of it, you know, that we're a different – change anyway, for the franchise this isn't a complaint he continues yeah. there have to be some things in buck's history you you haven't personally witnessed right well more so for me than you because yeah. you actually would go to games before sure, you ever worked I did. in this I industry did. so I you did. probably you've seen more than i have correct so i have a two-part question it's kind of a past and future thing all right deep huh uh-huh. okay first of the moments games whatever in buck's history that you didn't personally wit- didn't personally witness what would be tops on your list if you could have been there well, for me, immediately it'd be the championship yeah. game in in uh, Green Bay right. because of COVID, and we weren't allowed to travel. It was restricted. Yeah, that's and, one of mine too. And thought about going anyways, but because of all the different, if if I would have been a fan, it would have been easy to go. But to do what we did, there was no way we could pull it. Yeah, off. to just explain to everybody yeah. that doesn't already know, during the twenty twenty season, we did not travel. Which is only Which the only the time that's ever year. happened. Because yeah. until then, I personally had missed being in person for one game. So have I. In, since 1992. 1991, I missed one game. Yeah, other than that yep. season, though. So we Correct. missed 
Actually, I missed one road game. That was all I missed. That's me too. Yeah, yeah never, no home games. But no. we missed eight, nine, nine, because yeah. the first three preseason. Well, I missed first ten, three. Yeah. Well, there's no preseason. We missed all yeah, the so home games nine. plus two playoff games. No, one. The first three games were all on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. So we missed three. Yeah. Well, you missed the, the Saints game was a yeah, playoff three. game. Right. New so, Orleans. And so how many is that? We missed 11. Okay. Uh, so we did it. I, we did our broadcast, and I did my job mm-hmm. remotely from the, here Raymond James Stadium, the control room of Raymond James yeah. Stadium. Over the course of the season, it was you know I, I didn't feel too bad about it. There were some, you know, shirks sure. to not traveling. Yeah. I didn't miss, but that game we missed. Yeah. That game we really wanted to be there. I did that. That bothered me a the, lot. The, like the celebration on the field was awesome. Yeah, just we saw that, of it. That that whole year bothered me. Yeah, I think that this question probably meant like things that happened before we started working but that's the first thing that came to mind i can say i can say this um in person uh i wasn't at the 79 championship game against i thought you were going to nail both my answers but you did oh um i was at the um Three nothing. That's the one. The three nothing. That's Kansas the other one on my City, list. The very last. I was at that game. I, I that was the second one on my list. Yeah. Um. You know, because you were there, but it was yeah. played in a torrential downpour. Yeah. There's the famous clips of like just the like the stone water stairs. cascading. It was down. like waterfalls. And back then, you could have uh, umbrellas in the, uh, oh. which really sucked because yeah. if someone had an umbrella, they, yeah, you couldn't see, and then they would tilt it when and, you're <laughs> and when you're little, you know, they tilt it, and the water would just run <laughs> on you. So awesome, but yeah, I. Uh, the highlights from that game, it was a 3 nothing game, but I remember Jerry Eckwood running down the sideline and dropping the ball. Oh, jeez. It just f- fell out. Yeah. Um, it was very, very But wet. it was very, very exciting because at that time it was, you know, from last place to first. Um, the, the Bucks won 3 nothing, as Jeff mm-hmm. said, on a Neil O'Donohue field goal. Yep. Um, the the game as the entire game right the entire game it just poured the yeah, whole just time just the whole time so it was I like those whenever yeah. there's a weird weather game like the Buffalo New England game from last season whenever there's a weird weather game that makes the game fundamentally different than it usually is that's yeah. fun to see yeah so I would have liked maybe it would have been unpleasant right in some ways as you would know but I would have liked to have seen that but did not go to the next game the next week which was the when the yeah. Eagles came twenty four yeah, yeah the, it, so that three nothing win over Kansas City was important because it mm-hmm. clinched the Bucks first ever division yep. title yep so, so that's that I can't believe you came up with those two answers wow me. how scary is that second what what's a Bucks record you hope you get to witness in person in the future I think he means like somebody setting a record oh okay thanks yeah. dogs go Bucks and let's beat the snot out of those annoying Falcons <laughs> best. And funny, this guy doesn't like the Falcons. Probably this is why he doesn't like the Falcons. He's probably his name's Rick, and he says he's from Atlanta. Oh, so you know when you yeah you're a lifelong fan of some team and then sure. you move to another city, yeah. there he's probably annoyed even more than we are by the Falcons. Yeah, I would say for me, um, one one would be if anybody ever beat Doug Martin's rushing record from when he had the 251. Oh yards. right, that would be cool. Running isn't as big of the game anymore, but whenever you see one of those games where one guy's just running wild, that's a lot of fun to watch. That was the Oakland game? Yeah, Oakland. Yeah, that that was a crazy game. And I the, do remember that game because I remember Warren Sapp running after him. trying, really? Yeah, on one play. Yes. Oh, Warren Because was Warren was, was playing for the Raiders then. Yeah, Doug broke off like uh-huh. three 70-yard runs or something. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. crazy. Um, 
That's a good one. That's a, because would, that that would be like you, you you don't see that anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, When's the last time a buck uh, back ran for two hundred? Yeah. So it, otherwise, probably the way the game's going, I would say if I'd like to see a quarterback break either a record for touchdowns in a game because okay. that you'd have to get six. Yeah. And seeing uh, your quarterback throw six touchdowns would be pretty. You're exciting. probably kicking yeah. the crap that's, out of something or yards. Well, I would like to see a sixty-four yard field goal. Okay. That's cool. I would like to see that. That would not break a record. What what's what the record is? It's more like sixty five or sixty six. I right? don't believe so. No, no. I believe the record. Oh, is... Oh, there's been sixty fives. Tom Dempsey's record of sixty three has been broken multiple times in the last decade. Now we have to look this. And up. now you got to look it up because that's the one I remember. I do know someone did in Denver hit one. And said, "Did they Justin, tie? I think they tied. Did they tie the record?" I, I Justin Tucker of the Ravens just last year, yeah, I think, hit a, hit, hit a the huge, sixty-five yarder, the one that bounced on the crossbar and then bounced through. Well, well that would count. Don't you remember that? No, but uh, well, we'll have Jeez. to. Longest NFL field goal regular season. Well, it's filling well, up. longest field goal in NFL history. Yep. Sixty. No, this is old. Why? What's it say? It says 64. Okay. But you thought it was 60. There it goes. 10 longest field goals in NFL yep. history. Justin Tucker, 66. Wow. In last year. Okay. Um, there, that's the one you just brought up. So, okay. This is in reverse order. Okay. So, they are in order. Uh-huh. 66 by Justin Tucker. Okay. That's the one that bounced on the crossbar. This is the one you were thinking yep. of. Um, Matt Prater in Denver. Yeah. It's 64. doesn't count because you're high altitude. Can, can go on. <laughs> Uh, and then, Tom Dempsey is the one you remember. Sure, Tom Dempsey. We're gonna yeah. uh, Jason Elam made sixty three. Yeah. Okay, so I would like to witness a sixty seven plus yard <laughs> field goal. <laughs> okay, how's that? It's gonna happen someday. Well, I know, but I want to be there. I know. I know. So, uh, do you know who holds the Bucks record for most passing yards in a single game? Mm. Wow, this sounds like a trick question. The most passing yards in a single game. You would you would automatically think TB12, but I don't think that's the case because I think it's a trick question. So, uh, Doug Williams. Yep. It's still Doug Williams from like, he had something like 469 yard, 69 yards in a game against Minnesota, yep. which can I makes ask, no sense. Can I ask you something? Why are you disappointed when I guess right? <laughs> I, I would like to win. I know, but the inflection in your when I go, Doug Williams, yeah, Doug Williams. It's, it's <laughs> just like you just hate that. I You want I, confetti to yeah, drop yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it going, okay, I'm, this is a trick <laughs> question. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. The door flies <laughs> yeah. open, Yay. balloons, That's you're it. presented with a check. There you go. Very good, Jeff. All right, so it would be cool to see one of us, our guys throw for like 500 yards. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Whether that be Tom Brady next week or Kyle Trask mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, hey, Salty Dogs. Hey. Went to the Bucks Chiefs game, and it wasn't a win. Good point. Uh, good point. Yeah. Thank wow. You. I'm certainly glad that you observed that. But was awesome to see that the passing game can still be as good as it gets. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is that Mike Evans seems to have a lot more wow catches and less easy drops since Brady arrived. Right. Do you see the same is there something different about him or the way Brady throws the ball that has caused Mike to take a step forward? Thanks, Alex Kanata from Wichita, Kansas. We're not going to have the Kansas City in Kansas discussion this time. No. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's because of Brady's arrival, probably. Right. I mean, he's getting – maybe he's getting better passes overall, more accurate passes, but I think it's what we were talking about earlier. He just continues to work on his game. Yeah. I know. So I agree. If there was a time in his in his – Career when he had drops, 
he worked on it, and now he doesn't do it as often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the emotional outbursts that he used to have all the time. He just, I know he had one this season, but for yeah. the most part, has cleared those up. Yeah, and I think that that um, I I think he realizes that he has to keep as as a big a competitor as he is, and how much he wants to defend his. his yeah, it was, his, that was the, what made it happen this time. Yeah. But he has to learn, and I think he, he has learned yeah. that he can't put the put the the team in a situation because I think he looks at the Green Bay game himself and said, "You know what? I could be a difference maker yeah. there." Because he's that kind of guy. He is team oriented, no question. So I don't think it's. I don't personally think it's just because of Brady. I think it's just no, his natural. That's his natural. Yeah, he's he's defending his guys. No, I'm saying his dropping the ball less, making more yeah. impressive catches. What's the matter? Nothing. Just oh, I thought it. maybe I thought maybe a big alert came or something. Okay, oh, one right. more. Okay, one more works for me. You know who it's from. Okay. Hello. One of the reasons why I if he's going to send if, if our friend from Brazil Alexander is going to send us a question if every week, you I'm just going to go ahead and read it because he has he clearly has a superstition about his questions. Here's the thing: if you take the time <laughs> to send an email to saltydogs.nfl. No, saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. If you take the time just to type out that email address that's long and ask a question, we could at least yeah. read it and answer it well, the I don't, best we can. I don't want you to you – know, next week you'll get 30 questions. We're not going to answer them all. So well, I can't totally promise that, but my point being well, we don't so, have some special yeah. um Well, sometimes affinity. there's duplicate – sometimes they're duplicate questions. So We don't have some special affinity for Alexander above our other well, listeners. He's so like he our has master. taken the effort, yeah. and he clearly has a superstition about how him asking questions affects what happens with the Bucks on the field. So right. I feel bad if I don't read it. Hope you find hope this finds you both, you both and your families well and safe. So thank you. We, we have discussed that already. Before talking about last game, I'd like to tell you that my eight-year-old son and I practice flag football once a week here. So obviously we are excited about the new Pro Bowl game rules. We train with a train with a team called Cannonballs. Oh, Cannonballs. No, C A N I balls, which sounds a lot like cannibals. Well, maybe it is the cannibals. That could be. They could have some pretty creative jerseys. Sure. They guess they eat everybody up. It was the post game meal there. You, you don't want to miss it. And it was cr- the, the halftime snack. Yes, they have like they probably have. They devoured the other they probably team. Have um, what do they call that? Uh, finger. Oh, finger food. Finger. Yeah, they probably finger, have finger sandwiches. Food. Yeah, finger sandwiches for uh, halftime snack. Oh, you got a leg up on me on that oh, one. Oh, don't don't try to get me started on puns. You're not well armed enough to hang with me on puns. I'll be over your head. Uh, before you I'm know it. seeing eye to eye on this right now. Okay, I guess I'm out of excuses now. I've sent you emails every week with football questions, uh-huh. and you were kind enough to read it, and we still lost two in a row. Yeah. But, so. I, really, but I really can't understand why we, mm-hmm. uh, in print, sure. quote marks, have to believe that players are not people. Why are we supposed to assume that leaving your house with your family to another city by car or plane in the middle of a game week is not a factor in how the team can prepare. Oh. I'm hearing a lot about how they can't use it as an excuse and blah, blah, blah. What? Are they machines? Do they lack sentiments? Come on. And now we are two and two, what most thought it would be a good place to be giving our schedule, leading the division with a really important game on Sunday against a division foe who also was two and two and lost their best offensive weapon today. He means Cordero Patterson. Yeah. So keep your head up and go Bucks. Since you did, thanks for reading. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I think yeah. football teams try very, very hard not to make excuses. No, and 
because you don't want your players to to be in a mode where anytime something goes bad, they have an excuse. There, there is a multitude of things that goes on in individuals' lives. Yeah. All right. So it's all how you hone in on it for game week or game day. There's a reason why teams go to a hotel when they're at home. They don't sleep at home. The night before the game. There's a reason for that. And a lot of that is to cut out the distractions from family life. It's that's kind of sounds, you know, like, oh, why would you do that? But if you're at home and you have little kids, they're crying, whatever, you need to focus. So they, you know, best chance. Travel is a pain in the butt, regardless whether you, you know, what you know, what the Bucks had to experience going down to Miami and coming back. But that's not an excuse. And that's why you hear it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. However, it is reasonable what he's doing here. It is reasonable to wonder if that affected their performance and their preparation. Yeah, but you can't it, let it. You you have to be able to overcome that. You have worries in your life about how this hurricane might be affecting your property. Right, but you have worries in your life all this the time. Kind of over the top. Part of the, what the Bucks did was they allowed any player and coach that wanted to to bring their family too. Yeah. And so that's great. And the point, it's a very good idea. And it was a good point was they need to know that their families are safe Mm -hmm. first before they can focus on football. Right. So great job. Great decision. That being said, you don't normally have your family with you at the hotel for a week as you're preparing. Right. Right. Correct. So there's that. I don't think it's an excuse either. And if I had to guess, I don't think that had much to do with why the Bucks underperformed. But I also don't think it's illogical what he's saying here that 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 could affect you. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to go because clearly it was not the easiest way to prepare for a game. No. And if you want to know a little more about the travel and everything, um, by the time you're hearing this podcast, you would be able to go to Bucks Total Access, the Todd Bowles show. Um, the second half of that show is uh, director of team travel, Tim Jaraki. Oh, no kidding. Uh, sitting down with Casey. <laughs> oh, cool. And talking about all the logistics of that we should, we should get him on. Why does Casey yeah. get to have him? In well, because it... Cause she thought, she of, thought it. of it she first it and first. asked me how I felt about it. And I said, I think it's a great idea, especially right now, especially right now. And uh, it's really good. It's, 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 it's it's a good idea. I'm going to through all of that. Okay, so, cool. You know, so you're not going to tell on me about, well, I was just going to let it go that you missed, you know, it's funny. I missed Scott, another trash Scott can tried to hit a trash can uh, with a piece of paper and missed again, again, but I will tell you this. No matter what broadcast booth I'm in, wherever the trash can is, at some point during the game, I have to crumple something up no and throw it. Okay. If I hit it, we win the game. When I bounce it off, we have lost. So I have to get better at shooting. I want because to- I missed during the Kansas City. I threw a bottle, um, you know, tossed it. There, like there's nobody around. I want an empty water bottle and tried to hit the recycling container and it hit it, but it bounced out. And when it hit the floor, I thought, 
oh, that's 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 not a good sign, and it wasn't. So, so before we go, I just thought I'd rewind you uh, to earlier in this podcast when you claimed that you weren't superstitious. No, I did say I was superstitious. Well, you were certainly getting on me for being superstitious. Well, no, I was saying just go ahead and play the guy. You said that now, but originally. No, if you go back and no, listen. No, you did I, say that, but before you said that, you I, were getting on my case for, for that question. Because, I was more really getting on your case about talking about fantasy football. But that it was, was a valid point that you could uh, help me with. And well, that's true. Give and I did. Opinion. I gave you great advice. Yeah, twice. I will say this. Given your feelings about fantasy football, do you think I'm actually going to take your advice? Well, if you would have last week, you would have scored big. How's that? I agreed with you on playing. Um, I have Mike Evans on the team. No. It wasn't not only Mike Evans. Your Chris Olave. Uh, yeah, right. it, it doesn't matter. I still won. Wow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I play. I, I still win. win. Winner, winner. I got good depth on my I have, Oh, wow. Okay, enough about that. I have nothing else, Jeff. You're done. Thank you for your time. Thanks, oh. everybody, for listening. Uh-huh. Since you did. Thanks for listening.